What's up, guys? Welcome. My name is Leon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my first dealstory.com podcast. My name is Brittany Thompson. You already know his name. Leon Thompson, right here, guys. <laughs> Yo, we just wanted to throw this out here. This is something that's brand new. And it's something that's been on both of our hearts. And it's just another way to impact, empower, inspire, you know, all the ends to get you past whatever limiting beliefs you have to do your first real estate deal. I promise you all, this podcast is going to be amazing. We're going to have coaches. We're going to have people from all over the country sharing how their first deal went in real estate, how they found it, how they got it, and how they closed it. And it is our hope that you can take, or anyone you know, looking to get into real estate investing, can listen to these stories eliminate their limiting beliefs and take action. Now, on the flip side of this, we also help people get their very first real estate deal. So if you or someone you know are interested in getting involved in real estate and maybe you think the market's saturated or maybe you think you have to have a bunch of cash or credit or rich uncle, auntie, cousin, brother, sister. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. If, if you think that you got to know it all, if you think that you have to have a real estate license, let me tell you something. You don't. You can do this starting right now. And we have a program in place to help you accomplish this in 90 days or less. So thank y'all for tuning in. Two calls of action here. One, if you're interested in getting your first real estate deal done in 90 days or less, visit getmyfirstdeal.com. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, yes. and if you've got experience already, if you've already gotten your first deal, come on over to our podcast. We love to have you. We love to connect with you and get your story out there, your first deal story. Yes. Yes. So where can they go, babe? Yes. <laughs> well, you can connect with us on Facebook, connect with us on YouTube. Or they yeah, can go. Go to myfirstdealstory.com. Boom! We're going to talk about the when, the where, and the how. We're going to take the blanket off. We're going to blow the lid up. We're going to expose all of the limiting beliefs and the lies out there. And we're going to inspire other people. So come tune in. Whether you're new or whether you're experienced, I'm fired up. I can't wait to connect with you. Peace! See ya. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. It's another wonderful episode about to come up on my first deal story. I'm your host, or I should say actually co-host, Leon Thompson. You guys are actually going to be in for a treat today. I've got Steve Cavanaugh. Man, he is a killer when it comes to how to live life on vacation. He's going to go more into that here later. But man, he is a friend and a coach, and he's here to share us how he got his first deal. So let me not hold him back. Let him introduce himself. and He's going to tell you more about what he's doing and how he's got to where he is now. What's up, Leon? First of all, man, awesome to be on your show. Great to be a part of what you and Brittany are doing. I, You know, I love you guys so much, and I love how much you've grown. And, uh, man, you guys have just been awesome to watch, really, from afar. So I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Steve Cavanaugh. I am a full-time real estate investor. I've been investing in real estate for 18 years now. Uh, I am from Maryland, and I continue to own and operate a flipping business and property management business in southern Maryland, south, just south of D.C., but I live in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I've only been back to Maryland once since uh, December of 2019. So um, I operate that business remotely, which I know probably many of your listeners are, you know, like, wow, that's really cool. How can you how can I do that? And uh, so hopefully we can get into maybe a little bit of that here today. But um, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different aspects of real estate investment, all the way from single family home flipping, single family rentals, um, a hard money lender. 
I've, I've coached, uh, I've coached a lot of people on doing their first handful of deals. I coach now, obviously people like yourselves who are much more accomplished and actually have their business up and running through Ascend uh, with my uh, co-founder and partner, Alex Pardo, who you know very well. Uh, I also am in the self-storage industry. I currently own six self-storage facilities in seven different states under contract on another one. Uh, fingers crossed on that one. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just just love real estate, love everything about it. Um, I also invest in other things. We can get into some of that if you want to. But uh, the bottom line is that uh, I have been around real estate for most of my adult life. And uh, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you about my first deal. Yes, yes. And one thing I want to say, Steve, and add to that, one thing that I've always loved about Steve is that he is so diverse, not just in real estate, but in other things. And so whenever I have either a life question or a business question that maybe I'm not sure where to go or I need more information about, either if it's not Steve that knows it, he knows someone that knows it. And so that's one thing I love about how the fact that we are so interconnected in this Ascend Mastermind and it, he's going to tell you more about it, but it it has changed Brittany and I's life uh, dramatically. It's changed our family. It's changed our businesses. It's changed a lot of things about where we are today to be able to go through that coaching program. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's get so into ahead, it, man. Let's tell me about how you got your first wholesale deal. Now, I've heard a little bit about it. But I know that the, the the people here listening to this podcast are going to want to know, like, how in the world did you make that much money on a wholesale deal? So tell us about it. Sure. So I'll give you I'll give you the punchline and then I'll give you the backstory. The punchline is, is my first wholesale deal. I wholesaled two lots to a local builder and I made one oh one three sixty three fifty. That's one hundred one thousand uh, dollars. Just almost one hundred thirty two, really, or one oh two almost. So let me tell you, Leon, how Woo! this happened. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, right? Crazy stuff. So let me tell you how this all happened. So I'm going to back way, way, way up to the year 1999. I graduated uh, state college in Maryland, and I had a degree in communication arts and a minor in jazz guitar performance. So basically what that meant was I was able to get out of college by the skin of my teeth, get a diploma only to find out that I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And I really wasn't qualified to do a whole heck of a mm -hmm. lot uh, uh, coming out of school with that degree. So I can tell you that I had a lot of fun in college, met a lot of friends, went to a lot of parties and played a lot of guitar. <laughs> so anyway, so what I ended up doing is I got lucky. I knew somebody who knew somebody who gave me a job without an interview, without any of that stuff. And I got a job in the IT field, which had absolutely nothing to do with my degree. My degree in communications was human communication, which I have found has served me very well in coaching and real estate throughout the years. But anyway, um, I, I got this job and I believe I was making $36,000 a year starting out. And to me at the time when that was offered to me, that was the most money I'd ever heard of in my life up to that point. So I jumped at it. No negotiating. Again, no interview. They put me behind a computer and I became uh, a, a, an Oracle database engineer in training. So I learned Oracle databases. I learned uh, how how to write custom software. And uh, I was this was my nine to five. But it really wasn't a nine to five, Leon. It was more like a nine to six or seven or yeah. whatever. I happened to work for a government contractor, which there are a lot of in the mm -hmm. greater Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. And what I found out, though, is that um, 
I, I, I was very, very quickly realized that I didn't like the one hour in commute, the one hour on the way home commute. And I worked those compressed work schedules so that I could get every other Friday off. And when you work for somebody else, you know, you uh, that, that's a big deal to have every other Friday off. That's a really big deal. If you it look is. forward to every other week to be able to have that day off. How crazy is that? You know, how, I wonder how many of your listeners can relate to when you're working for somebody else that you would only have that time available on the weekends or whatever. And, and you start to hang out with people who are like, yep, I've only got another 15 years here and then I can retire or I've only got, you know, oh, I can't wait until you know, this weekend and then people are just living for the weekend and they're living yeah. for these points in the future when maybe their health isn't there or maybe their wealth mm -hmm. isn't there or maybe their family isn't there. And, you know, and I just, I saw all that. And I was so fortunate to see all that at a very young age. And I said, man, this is not my life. This is not what I want to be doing. And I thought one day when I was just driving, I had my hands clenched on that steering wheel, driving into work. And I said, man, I am slowly dying behind the wheel Ooh. of this car slowly dying behind the wheel of this car driving to make somebody else rich. And, you know, and, and so anyway, it was around that time. I want to say now fast forward around 2002, I read the book, uh, rich dad's Cash Flow quadrant. And that is the sequel to rich dad, poor dad written by uh, Robert Kiyosaki, but the Cash Flow quadrant, I actually read first. And I'm glad that I read it first because there's a lot more of the how and a lot less of the why it's a lot of the same material in rich dad, poor dad, but he went into the cash flow quadrant. And I realized at that moment, Leon, that if I wanted to be free in a capitalist yes. society, I had to buy my freedom. And the only yes. way that I was going to be able to buy my freedom was going to be to get involved in some sort of business. And mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was at the time. So uh, I tried a lot of different things. I sold stuff on eBay. Um, you know, I, 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 I did things like my background right there. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I tried everything, but the one thing that kept coming back was real estate investing. So mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about the deal. So during those four years, I worked for four years from uh, the end of 99 uh, into uh, right to 2004. Uh, I worked for uh, somebody else for four years for that same company for four years doing the database engineering stuff. And so in my spare time and then downtime on work, I started researching all these money-making opportunities and I had a friend in the office who knew a woman across the street. Her name was Irene. And Irene became an unofficial early mentor for me. She was a mortgage broker and also a real estate agent. But little did I know at the time until I started meeting with her and she started imparting all this wisdom on me and a couple of my friends that would go meet with her for lunch. Uh, she, we, she was a shark, dude. <laughs> she was just an absolute shark. Wow. And she was she was one of the good old boys in the county. She was the only probably woman in this county um, that that ran with the big dogs, ran with the big boys. You don't hear that much often, do you? No, but I mean, she she had a pair. Bro. <laughs> she, <laughs> she she knew what was up and she had made a lot of money in her own deals in real estate. I mean, just to give you an example, she would get the legal section of the newspaper and she would look up the names of the people defaulting on their mortgage, you know, when, when, wow. they, when it begins to go to the courthouse sale. And she yeah. would know these people from the community. She would know them from the church. You know, it's a small town. So okay. she'd pick up the phone and she'd call them and say, hey, what's going on here? And mm. they'd say, oh, you know, I, I, I got, I lost a job or I got, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. She said, well, let me like make you a loan so you can catch back up. 
And so she would just loan shark on these, you know, these folks and help them back up so that they could make their payments, pay their bank again, and then they could just make her payments. And so she wow. was just that kind of person. She was that aggressive where she would just help anybody. And so that, that, you know, back to my story, she was helping us. And here was, it was me and two of my friends. And we would go over to her office, which was right across the street from where we worked for lunch. And we would just sit down with her for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever she would give us. And here's this old lady and these young guys. And she called us her young entrepreneurs. Okay. And so she started um, just imparting all this wisdom on us and saying, hey, you know, you guys should consider this and you should consider that. So one of the things that she had us do now, fast forward a, a number of months now. One of the guys that was meeting with us, he had some personal issues. So he said, hey, guys, I'm out. I, I can't be involved in this business. But another friend of mine, uh, the two of us continued to pursue this. And so mm -hmm. she sat us down. Now, this is back before all the public records were on the Internet. Now you can just pull up, you know, your local assessors and, and, and you can find all the information on any house and any person, and you know, all that stuff that, that you want, you know. But back then. Um, you had to actually pull out the, I don't know if you've ever seen the, on the big tax maps and the tax rolls. Have you ever yes. seen that? Like the, yes. like the big books. Yeah. So she had those in her office. She sat us down with a magnifying glass with a handle on it, you know, a round thing with a handle on it, like Sherlock Holmes. And was like, Hey guys, I'm, look at this map and then go find all the landowners in this subdivision South of town. And mm. I said, well, what's the significance with this subdivision South of town? And she said, well, all the builders are buying lots in there right now, and they're putting half million dollar homes up. Now, keep in mind, this was back 2004 ish now, 2004, wow. 2005. So, this is when everything was like going gangbusters back then, yes. you know, when, when we were experiencing that real big bubble in the market back then. And builders just, you know, banks were throwing money, money at builders, and builders couldn't buy enough lots. They were just buying it all they could. The key to this, and this is where her being just kind of a, a, one of the good old boys, really uh, paid off is that there had been a building moratorium with regard to this particular subdivision because there were some legal issues with the way that it was mm. subdivided back in the day. Well, that they, that all went, went through the court system and they were able to get worked out, but not a lot of people knew that this moratorium had been lifted. So a lot of the landowners in that subdivision and a lot of, and a lot of the people outside the subdivision didn't actually know that that was something that was able to happen. So what's that spell for us? That spells yes. an opportunity. So she sat us down with these tax rolls. Get this. We hand wrote the addresses out of those books and we put them onto a piece of paper. And then we took that piece of paper, then hand wrote letters. Well, we printed out letters and signed them, but okay. we hand wrote the envelope. And then we actually did that mailing. And that was just one mailing. Um, Believe it or not. So that's money a whole lot of, I just shattered a whole lot of people's disbelief out there because we only did a handful of mailings. Yep. We only did the mailing one time and we did everything by hand except for print out the letter. We printed mm. out the letter, but then we stuffed the envelopes, hand signed them. And that's the method mailing. still works today, too. It that does still work works today. today. Yes. The, um, the naivete on my part was that. I didn't realize that number one, that doing a subsequent mailing or multiple subsequent mailings might have yield, yielded more results. Or if I didn't get anything the first time, I need to cast the line back out again. But by the grace of God, you know, I got this phone call from this guy. And this is this is a number of this is a number of months fast forward. So he says to me, hey, Steve, I've got, um, you know, I, I got your letter and I don't even know if you're still interested Mm. But I've got a lot down here in, in this subdivision. And if you're interested, then I think I'm, I would like to sell. 
And I said, okay, tell me what you got. Now, as I've got them on the phone, I pull up the MLS or I pull up the, uh, what a realtor.com. And I started searching really quick the subdivision to see what lots were going for. And I quickly saw that they were going for around 105, okay. 105 a piece. And so he said, yeah, he said, actually, I've got two of these things. I'd say, okay, well, what do you want for them? And he said, ah, I'm thinking 32.5 a piece. And Leon, at that point, I just, I, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like excited. Yeah. I tried not to drop the phone. I tried to play it cool, but man, I was like yeah. a duck on the surface of the water, like underneath. Like I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm moving. I'm like, wow. Okay. So just trying to play it cool. I said, okay. All right. All right. Um, I said, look, let me do a little bit of research. Let me get your number and I'll call you back. And so he says, okay, no problem. So I immediately call Irene. I said, hey, Irene, mm -hmm. it's Steve. You know, remember when you had us do that mailing to that subdivision? She says, yeah. And I say, uh, I got a guy who wants to sell. And he not, not only has one, he's got two of them. She was like, what, is, what does he want for him? I said, he wants 32.5 a piece. She goes, you better buy them. <laughs> Get them now. Get them now. So, so I immediately went into like this fear kind of panic kind of mode. And I was like, well, but I don't have any money. I've got like $3,000 yeah. in a checking account. That's all I have. How am I mm -hmm. going to buy $65,000 worth of real estate? She And she just cut me off. She said, stop. Mm -hmm. She said, can you get him to my office Saturday morning at 9 a.m.? Mm -hmm. I said, yes, I believe I can do that. She said, good, let's all meet there then. So I showed up at her office 9 a.m. that Saturday. He, This old man showed up with, the, with his old wife. Very well-to-do, well-dressed gentleman, drive a nice okay. car, you know. This is this is not the little old lady that we were buying this from, you know what I'm saying? This is a sophisticated, yeah. well-to-do well guy. And he shows up, really nice, really nice older couple, very nice. And we went into her office, Irene's office, and Irene had a contract prepared already to be able to yes. sell it to me. So we sat down with them, signed a contract, and said, okay, thank you very much. Now, crucial point. What we did is we contracted on this thing contingent upon a passing perk test. And for those okay. who are listening to this who don't know what a perk test is, it's just where they go into the soil, you know, dig mm -hmm. up the soil, and they dump some water down there and then time how long it takes to percolate. And that determines the suitability to put a septic system on the property. If it doesn't percolate, then it's too much clay in the soil and you can't put a septic system, which means it's non-buildable, by the way, which means we wouldn't have been able to make money on this transaction. So we went ahead and we did that. Uh, my friend, my friend put up the money to do the perk test, which was around 1200 bucks okay. between the two lots. And then I went ahead and I engaged with Irene about, okay, how are we going to sell these things? And so she picked up her phone book. <laughs> this is before, you know, all cell phones. She yeah. picks up her phone book. She looks up a builder friend of hers and calls and says, Hey, I've got two lots down in the subdivision. Would you be interested? He said, yeah. What, what are they asking? He said, well, they're asking 105 for him. He says, well, they take 95 for him. Mm. And she's like, she looks at me and she's like, yeah, they'll take 95 for him. <laughs> so this is 95 piece. So we're buying for 32.5. We're selling for 95 a piece. Yeah. Per, per. So we go ahead and contract with him contingent upon the passing perk because we hadn't perked it yet. Correct. And so I went down to the lots on the day of the perk test and I stood there in those woods with the health department and the, and the contractor digging the ground. I got to watch the whole process, which to me at the time was exciting. And let's face it, if it was still today, I'd probably still go check it out. It's just exciting. 
And mm -hmm. sure enough, they both perked. And her office was just north of where these lots were. So I drove by her office on the way, and I was like, they just perked. She gave me a big smile and a big hug. And uh, she said, oh, great. So she sits down, breaks out the phone book, dials the builder's number. Your lots <laughs> perked. He said, great. How soon can we close? Awesome. So awesome. here we are now just a few weeks out from settlement. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just like, please, God, don't let anything go wrong here. And so here we are. We roll into settlement the day of, and we signed. I, I, it was me signing. I signed for uh, to, to buy the lots and then turn right around. And then the builder actually had already come and put his money in escrow. He had already signed his papers to buy. And the folks got up and they left. I, I signed my papers to sell. They didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and back then we did what was called a dry closing. So uh, next thing I know, I'm given a check for 101,363.50. That was the amount that dropped out uh, between the purchase, the sale. And then, of course, I had to pay Irene a very nice commission, uh, okay. which yes. well deserved yes. um, uh, out of the deal. But that's it, brother. That was my first wholesale deal. Uh, I, I 101,363.50. I carried a copy of that check in my wallet for a couple of years afterward. You know, I framed it. I put it in, okay. in a picture in my office uh, for, for years. And uh, that was the one that got me started, man. Oh, man. So back. So I guess back in, was it 2004 you said this happened? Yeah, it was. I want to say at that point we might have been in 2005 by then. Okay. Okay, 2005. Yeah. So I guess yeah. back then they had a way for you to remotely deposit that check so you could keep the physical copy. Well, I, I copied it. I had, oh, I had a check. Okay. I copied the check. This show is sponsored by Hivemind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users has had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. Before I deposited it, yeah. There you go. So oh, yeah. man, there's so much, there's so much to unpack, guys, yeah. with this episode. Cause Steve just talked about something that I guess in some of the areas that Brittany and I kind of operate in, where we starting to notice where land deals are starting to come more and more popular because these builders, you have a lot of uh commercial deals happening where now land deals are starting to come more and more popular. And so this is a great episode to listen and repeat. Like if even if you're not an expert in finding buyers, you can find someone that has a buyer and you can just, again, do a JV deal. You don't always have to be the expert. You don't always have to have both ends worked out to yep. find a deal to get your first deal. I yep. mean, he, he had a wonderful, wonderful, as he says, it shark to help him get his first deal. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So I didn't even know, Steve, that you and I both 
have an IT background. I, I guess I knew you were just a really, really smart guy. And so you just knew how to do stuff. I did not know that you did programming the, on, on Oracle databases. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, anybody can learn anything on the job training, right? Yep. I guess <laughs> so so. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to say I was smart enough to do it or anything like that. But, again, <laughs> you know, I think it, it just goes back to what you just said. Yeah. Having somebody show me how to mm-hmm. manipulate Oracle databases allowed me to learn it. If I yes. didn't have that person looking over my shoulder, showing me what to do and telling me what to do and holding my hand as I went through the process, then I wouldn't know how to do that. The same is true with real estate. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and Irene was my mentor and I learned a ton just from being around her, watching her interact, watching her call the builder, seeing yeah. how she negotiated, uh, looking at the contract that she prepared for me. The contract that I buy, by the way, still for, to this day, the contract that I used to buy was largely based off that first contract that she wrote up for me. Yeah, that's so true. If it, if it, if it works and it can still work today, why, why not, why not keep using it or at least modify it to work to today's standards. Right. Yep. Man, that is awesome. So I definitely got some more follow-up questions for myself and also for, for the audience that's listening. So tell me this, how long, from the time you mail the letters to the day you close, how long how long of a time uh, expanded there? Well, uh, from the day I don't I don't know is the answer. Okay. Um, I really honestly don't know. It's just, we're talking about um, we're talking about what 15, 16 years now. Okay. Um, and and uh, it has been yeah, it's been a long time. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say probably just short of a year. Okay. See. Yeah. That's one thing that Brittany and I state is that when you're passionate about something, when you're looking to get your mm-hmm. first deal, don't give up on getting your first deal. Absolutely. You you, you got to keep sowing those seeds. You got to keep 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 plowing that land to make sure that your success is inevitable. You just got to keep doing the work. Failure does not mean that you should quit. Failure means that okay, what can I learn from this and how can I move forward? Yeah. And that's one thing I want our audience to know is that it took Brittany and I almost a year to get our first deal, too, as well, because there's so much information out there. We didn't know what to do. And so that was kind of a paralysis for us in getting our first deal. And I have another follow up question. So based on what how your first deal went, how your first deal went, what do you think that you should have known or you wish you knew before you did your first deal? Oh, man. Well, I just told you about my first wholesale deal. Yeah. Uh, My first deal deal, I actually bought in 2004. And that deal I bought as a rental. You know, I was like, okay, well, the secret to making all this work is passive income. So I'm going to, I need some passive income, right? Yeah. Um, uh, What I didn't know at the time was what stuff was worth. And I, again, I did a mailing campaign to this neighborhood that happened to be the same neighborhood that I lived in. I like the neighborhood. I like the houses in there. I felt like they were, you know, I felt like the prices were right, but you know, back again, back to 2004, everything is kind of ramping up and as things are ramping up, you don't really know what anything's worth. I mean, you know, it's, it, and, and, you know, you kind of had this, that feeling of frothiness that was really there in the market at that time. So it's a little bit scary not knowing what you're paying for stuff, but um, I learned a lot that first deal, man. I, I said the first number to that seller and they were a very uh, astute seller. 
Um, and they went ahead and they, they took my number, which meant that I lost <laughs> too much. So, you know, now I always try to get the seller to get the first number. I don't mind give, making yeah. an offer, but I know how to do it now. I know how to exactly. do it now. And I, I need to do it that in, in a way that uh, is much less than what they were thinking so that we can kind of meet a little bit, you know, in, in the middle or, or whatever. Um, and what else, man? Oh, I did that deal just to make 300 bucks a month in cash flow. These days, I wouldn't do anything for 300 bucks a month in cash flow. So I definitely learned that, you know, you're not going to build long-term wealth $300 at a time. Um, And, and, you know, maybe you can do that at scale if you're buying a hundred, 300 units at a time or something like that. But Mm -hmm. you're certainly not going to do it just buying one house here and one house there, unless that's your plan, unless that's what you want to do and you want to take your time and just do that. But for me, that wasn't going to get me, it wasn't going to replace my income. It wasn't going to get me any closer to being financially free or or really becoming a full-time investor. So I would say those things. Um, and again, having a mentor, having somebody, uh, you know, a coach, somebody to look over your shoulder, I would have been able to have that conversation. Like if me, myself today could have a conversation with myself back then, I would say, what are you trying to do? And my young self would say, well, I'm, I'm trying to become financially free. I'm trying to replace my job income mm-hmm. and me today would coach that person and say well do you really think that buying one three hundred dollar rental is going to get you any closer you know and and i would say well probably i need to be looking at different deals and i would say you're probably right correct correct <laughs> correct correct so you kind of already answered my follow-up question is what would you do differently uh, and you already told me you would kind of you know, you would you would definitely evaluate the deal a little bit better based on, you know, cash flow, because uh, three hundred dollars in cash flow a month is you know that's not going to move your needle forward as fast as you want it to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will tell you this, Leon, I've learned that to the extent that you're able to to build a business that generates chunks of cash, mm. that's much better to me. Than, than generating or, or buying rentals that are just going to give you a few hundred bucks here and there. Now, yeah. when you get in a situation where you've got a big chunk cash generating machine and you're able to do it year after year after year after year, you're making some serious money at that point. Now your thought needs to become, how do I invest some of these excess funds into cash flow generating assets? So if you're if you want to get wealthy in real estate, you have to figure out how to generate the big chunks first. This is my opinion. I'm sure there's somebody out there that will want to disagree with me on this, but yeah. based on based on what I've seen in my own career, in my own life, you got to generate the big chunks of cash. Yes, there's going to kill you on taxes, but it's going to allow you to live. It's going to allow you to quit your job, focus more on real estate, mm-hmm. and then and then you can go ahead and diversify into those cash flow generating assets. If you try to do it the other way around. You will become wealthy if you do it right and the market doesn't kill you and you don't over leverage and all that stuff. But it's going to take you a very long time to get there. So that would that would be my advice to anybody really considering, you know, equity versus cash flow and, and you know, big chunks of cash versus a little bit of cash. Correct. Correct, man. There are a lot of teaching moments that I've had and experienced through uh, this Ascend Mastermind that we are part of. And this goes back to, you know. Tell us a little bit more about Ascend, if you don't mind, because I want our our, our, our uh, listeners to know a little bit more about it, if you don't mind. Sure, man. So I started coaching around 14 years ago, 
And when I started coaching, I started coaching people to do their first three deals. And what we would do is we were essentially joint venture on those first three deals together. And over those 14 years, um, I worked with 40 individuals under that structure and we sold around $80 million of real estate. And I, uh, at the end of those, uh, at the end of, I don't know, I want to say probably around 11 or so years, I said, man, uh, I am, I, I, I'm feeling a calling to go ahead and leave Maryland. You know, my family, we wanted to move down here to the beach and it's just, we live in a great area down here and escape the winters year round and just, you know, just live at the beach. So uh, we started looking into that and I was working at the time with the Life Narrow organization and they were they're very big on creating a vision for your life. And what would that look like? And my vision was to be down here in the sunshine year round. And so we started working toward that. But at the same time, one of the things that I started to um, tire on was kind of talking about people and like their rehabs that they were doing, like their renovations that they were doing. And I was more interested in working with next level investors, investors who already had businesses that were operable. They didn't need my advice about what roofing color to pick for their shingles or, you know, any, any of those kind of decisions to be made problems with contractors. It was really more like, Hey, you know, should I transfer some of this cash over into cash flowing assets? And if so, what does that look like? Or, or, Hey, I need more freedom in my life because I've created a job for myself. What, you know, how can, how can you help me do that? So really kind of going from rehabbing houses to helping people rehab their lives a little bit. And uh, it doesn't mean that somebody's life has to be broken, by the way. I mean, as you've seen in Ascend, we've had we've had all we've had the whole spectrum of folks uh, come through our doors and sit at our masterminds. And so when we moved down here, when I moved down here to Florida, I I made that change in my coaching because I had cut my teeth as a coach for all these years, uh, coaching people, seeing a family. And I wanted to coach people with life stuff, too. So that's when Alex Pardo and I got together and we discussed it and we figured it, that it would make sense for us to co-coach two mastermind groups together. They're called Ascend. It's just group one and group two. There are uh, two groups of 15 seats. Each seat can bring either a spouse or a business partner, a bona fide business partner. So we typically have around 25, 30 people in our masterminds. And we run these three times a year down here in Southeast Florida. And man, they're just awesome events. I mean, the people in that room become family and the stuff that's shared in that room, I guarantee you doesn't get shared in a lot of these other masterminds or, or groups that are out there that are just all about business. It's not to say we don't talk about business. It's not yeah. to say we don't have some folks in there that are just killing it. Um, you know, we just, we just have one of our members share on one of our private monthly zoom calls just the other day about how he is doing these big portfolio deals and, you know, making, uh, um, seven figures per transaction in some cases. So it's, um, you know, we, we definitely take the business side of things seriously, but we also really take our lives seriously too. So that means, you know, thinking more about, you know, what are we on earth to do here? What are we on earth to accomplish? You know, what, what type of, what type of goals do we have with family stuff, with spirituality? You know, what, what type of impact do we want to make? Those are the questions that we help people get clarity on. And we, we work with folks when they come into Ascent to define their vision for their life mm. without regard to money and finances and all that stuff. It's not that those things are important. In fact, they are. But we have to get really clear on what we want our lives to look like. And then we can uh, tweak the business to make to serve those lives, yes. to make us live those lives. But most people do it the other way around. 
And so we're here to shine a little light on that and make sure that it gets yeah. done the right way. And uh, and what what happens is everybody becomes family and they're here to support one another. So it's been a great journey. We've been doing it now for, I think, two and a half years. And, uh, you know, Alex is like a brother to me. And, um, you know, we, we have fun fun time doing it. Yeah. And that's the thing I love about this group is that we have been just influenced so much by Steve and and Alex, but the the biggest thing is that we are bringing people that are in uh, maybe the same walk of life that we are that are going to not only just help us move our our, our business forward, our personal lives forward, but it's it feels like a family because I know some people they'll go to a meeting or they go to a mastermind where it's all like you were saying sometimes all business talk, which is fine. Sometimes people are need some 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 tips to advance their business, but sometimes it's talking about family. It may be maybe you just need some some talk about you know how how COVID affected you or how it yeah. affected your family, and that's one yeah. thing it, that's one thing I love about this group. But yeah. really, what I want to hit on a little bit is about what you said earlier about having a vision. Yeah. And one thing I did not realize how important it is to have a vision until I got part of this group was that once I started writing down my vision, then I started implementing task and things that I want daily works I needed to do to achieve my vision. Then I really started to get that time freedom back. Right. Um, that's one thing. A lot, a lot of what you were saying is that I didn't know that I could design my business to give me the, my freedom back instead of feeling like, okay, now I'm another slave to my business. Well, instead of being a slave to, you know, to working for someone else, now I'm, now I'm a slave to my business. I didn't want that. And you guys help open my eyes to that. And, what was what was one of the major things that um, really got you to realize the impact that uh, I guess maybe you're, maybe it's still ongoing. What kind of impact do you think that Ascent has made on the people so far that have come through Ascent? Huh. Oh, that's, that's a big, a, that's that's a big a question. question to I mean, you, you know, it, you'd really have to ask them uh, yeah. rather than me. But I'll tell you this. Um, I give you a story like a guy like, you know, like Alex Jandik, for example. Alex Jandik, before coming into Ascend, was working as an acquisitions manager for another wholesaler in Tampa, Florida. And Alex Jandik comes into the first mastermind is like, hey, guys, I think I'm going to go ahead and leave my current employer to strike it out on my own. I'm really nervous about it. Just kind of curious your thoughts. And we helped him stand up a business that he went out there and now is making around a half million bucks a year uh, doing. So he went from working for somebody else, not really knowing where his next paycheck was going to come from, you know, working under someone else's leads to now generating his own leads, his own income. And he's, yeah. he's doing just fantastic at it. And the dude is one heck of a deal shark. He's just, and, and so now he's been able to reach back and help, help others within the group and, uh, and, and that's large. so yeah. he's doing real well. So, I mean, there's just that impact and that's a business example. Um, you know, of mm -hmm. course we've had, We've had many folks come in and talk about, you know, uh, uh, relationships, uh, abusive relationships. We've had, yeah. you know, we've helped people navigate, you know, divorces and I mean, just like messed up stuff that you don't really want to ever have to deal with. And, and we're helping people deal with those things. So um, it's been pretty gratifying, you know, for sure as a coach. But don't ask me, man. You got to yes. ask us. Uh, yes. You got to yes. ask somebody who's in the group. And um, I, I don't you know, every now and again, we'll interview a candidate. Um and they will ask to speak to current members of the group to vet, vet them and get their take on it. 
And I have never, I think some of the best feedback I heard was from one of our members who talked to one of the candidates who said, I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, um, say, you know, don't join or, or something along those lines. So I thought that was a pretty cool endorsement. Yeah, it, it, it's wonderful. And uh, I guess this is my last leading question, but it kind of goes more in depth to kind of what our listeners may be dealing with today. And I know we all deal with it from time to time as business owners, as men, as you know, there's women that are probably listening to this podcast. But really what I want people really to hear is what are some of the major limiting beliefs that you had to overcome or that maybe you may still be working on, Steve, that you maybe you can share on what you did to overcome them. Woo. Um, man. Well, I, I, I'm trying to think business-wise for you first. Um, I think one of the things that most beginning investors really struggle with is the abundance versus scarcity mentality. And I think that a default mentality is always to be scarce. And scarcity mentality says this, there's not enough deals out there, so I better get mine before the other guy gets his. An abundance mentality is the other side of that coin. And that says there's more than enough deals out there and there's more than enough money to be made for everyone. I would say that that is an ongoing struggle for most people that I know. It's an ongoing struggle for me. And anytime I find myself kind of in that negative kind of thinking, I, I say, hold on a second. Am I thinking about this in a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? Mm. So that's a big one. That's a big one when it comes to business. Um, you know, the personal side of thing, man, I think, I think most people believe that they are not enough. They are not enough wow. the way that they are. And, you know, I, I think uh, my wife recently got a, a really cute bracelet that says, I am enough, you know, Love it. and, and I think that we all need to look in the mirror and tell ourselves, you know, we are enough. We are enough. You know, God made us who we are and we are enough yeah. because of it. And uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't all, you know, every, everybody's fighting a battle, you know, nothing about, right. Um, that is so true, but we are enough. We've already been equipped and we just need to step into that greatness and, yeah. uh, and stop, stop telling ourselves things that basically mean that we're not enough. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And then like you, that kind of goes into the, the belief mindset that believing that they can do it, that you can do whatever it is that you set your mind to. And when we're talking about real estate, we're talking about deals. There's more than enough deals out there. But like you were saying, Steve, I have struggled with that. Like I have to have this one deal, but, but thinking there, but then you make mistakes <laughs> when you focus on getting that one deal when there's, there's thousands, millions of deals already out there that you can go find out and get them. And yep. so that's one reason why I want to elaborate on getting people to focus on getting my first deal is, is it, it, there's a ton of them out there just because one doesn't work out. Let's say you've been, you've, you've had 10 contracts. Who cares? Get some help, get around the right people and you will get your first deal. Yeah. And people like Steve, people like my wife, Brittany, we are here to help you. And whatever it is, guys, you need, come holler at us, you know, reach out to us. Uh, Steve, how can people get in touch with you? Want to follow with you more questions or get to know you better? Yeah, it's our website is ascendyoursuccess.com. A-S-C-E-N-D, your, Y-O-U-R, success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, ascendyoursuccess.com. 
And if you want just to get in touch with Alex and myself, just click apply to join. Don't worry, you're on it's no commitment or anything like that, but that'll get you on a phone call with Alex and I. And, you know, we'll kind of find out what you're up to and see if there may be uh, the possibility down the road of working together or not. Um, you know, it's, it's not a sales call. We're not there to pressure you into anything or sell you anything. It's just to find out a little bit about you and, and make sure you know about Ascend and tell you all about it. So right. uh, I'll tell you that if, if your listeners do go to that link and they, they do click on that, there's a neat little video that you get after you fill out that, uh, that page that's going to tell you a lot more about it. Um, I want to I wanna leave your listeners with a quote, Leon, to your last point. Um, the deal of the lifetime comes along once every week. Mm. The deal of lifetime comes along once every week. And it's so true. Um, I had, I wrote that down at one point in time early in my career and posted that on a post-it note in my office. So the deal of lifetime comes along every week. You just have to be looking for it. You just have to be doing something. You have to put the car in drive, you know, start moving forward. And just as soon as you start to do that, the, the, the universe will respond, as they say. And there, you're going to start to see opportunities that you, you passed on before or you, didn't, or you didn't notice. And all you have to do is just start making phone calls. Just start sending emails. Just start looking at property. Just start making offers. Anytime that there's not any traction going on in your business, it's just because you haven't been making offers. Offers lead to buying property. And buying property leads to wealth. So it doesn't get much easier than that. Sure does. And that is a wonderful quote. I might have to borrow that. Yeah. <laughs> and that reminds me, it's just always being ready. Like you said, putting in a drive and just being ready for that deal to show up. You got to, of course, do the work, but the right one will fall. Literally, it could fall in your lap. <laughs> yep. And man, what a wonderful, wonderful podcast, wonderful thank conversation you. you and I have had. Uh, thank you guys for being on here and Man, this is one for the books. I know I probably said that about others, but man, I have really felt like I've gotten something out of this. And I know my listeners and our listeners will get something out of this. And guys, go ahead and go go to that website. Uh, sorry, so sit, uh, uh, go ahead and say it, Steve. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com. Tom Twister, wow. Thank you, Leon, for the privilege. Love it. It's an honor to be here. Man, thank you again. Thank you.